0: We are more enlightened than our ancestors because we can look back at their errors and mistakes. Right? That's the value of knowing history because you can look back at it and you can, oh, let's not do that again. That was a bad idea, right? That's why, so right now, as we speak in various states, cities, and countries, they're rolling out this concept of vaccine passports. Show your papers to enter a grocery store, a restaurant, a gym, a cinema, whatever. We've done segregation before. It's a bad idea.
1: Such a bad idea. You
0: had it in the USA. You had Jim Crow laws. You had it in uh, South Africa, even within our lifetime, apartheid. Right? When you create a two-tier society and you give certain rights and privileges and access to own to one group and another one who is unclean, you don't give it. It's always a bad idea.
1: I mean, literally, comedians are now making jokes about it.
0: It's not funny. You know, it's it's it, this is the pr- this is the problem, and this is what I mean when I say human beings haven't involved. Right? because we still have those base, primal tribalism. Yeah, right? I see what you mean. Yeah, once you start, that's why it's dangerous to see people as enemies. Because yeah. once you do, what do you do with an enemy? What do you do with the threat? You exterminate it, right? That is mm-hmm. literally how human beings are wired. And it's so foolish and naive for people to think that all the bad stuff that has happened in history cannot happen again. Totally. Like, and by recognizing that it can happen again, that's how you stop it yeah. from happening again, right? Every, all of us, especially when we were younger, would always, look, I mean, you just, look, again, just look at the 20th century and be like, how did they How did they let that happen? Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, I know. Were, were they all, like how, you know, how, to, and now it's, I mean, I'm, I, I certainly don't ask those questions anymore because I can see how it happens.
1: That was Zuby, an independent rap artist, podcast host of Real Talk with Zuby, author, public speaker, and creative entrepreneur. Was born in England, raised in Saudi Arabia, and is a graduate of Oxford University. He's become a rising figure over the last years, whose authenticity captures the hearts of so many with his grounding, unique perspective and positive energy. Zubi has a compelling level of honesty and does not shy away from expressing himself. So much has happened in the last 18 months. There has been so much hardship and so much fear, either with people living in fear of the virus or fear of speaking their mind and standing out or fear of losing their job for a multitude of reasons, and so many people have suffered. Whether they've lost a loved one due to the virus, or suffered from the aftermath of the lockdowns due to depression and suicide, rise in child abuse and neglect, or lack of proper education for children, or stress resulting from the loss of a business whom they worked their entire career to build. And even from things that most people are not even talking about, like the results of mass for the deaf or hard of hearing, not being able to read lips. And I think in order for us to find common ground and meet each other where we're at, it's helpful to figure out where we at least agree and move forward from there. And while we don't get into the data and the stats in this episode, surveys and polls are now showing that there's often a big misunderstanding amongst the majority of people of important factors about the virus, like the hospitalization rate, the death rate, and more. One third of Americans think that the hospitalization rate is over 50% when the actual hospitalization rate is one to 5%. This information is staggering and matters because if one person thinks the hospitalization rate is 50% while another thinks the hospitalization rate is 0.01%, then it makes complete sense why there's so little common ground on how to move forward. And the reason for this is that the media and the government have done such a good job at dividing people and creating fear. What's happening right now is so polarizing. Everyone thinks what they do for a reason. And we need to come together to hear each other out instead of name calling and assuming ill intent. Every single death is sad. Every single heartache that someone has experienced and gone through throughout this whole thing, whether that's directly from the virus or the repercussions from the decisions on how to handle the virus is sad. And I think now more than ever, we need to acknowledge all the ways in which people have suffered from this. So let's have conversations, and when you begin conversations with loved ones or people you meet, first find where there's common ground, and what you can both agree on as a starting point. Zuby shares authentically where he feels our priorities should be. Whether you agree with his thought process or not, I hope by the end of it you feel empowered to have heard his perspective. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. Let's get into it. All right, Zuby, thank you for coming on the show today. I'm so happy to have you here.
0: I'm happy to be here, Alan. How are you?
1: So good. So I think a lot of my audience might not know who you are, even though you're like... You know very big in certain realms of the spectrum online but I think a lot of my audience might not know who you are so can you tell us a little bit about your background your, how you grew up your music just mm-hmm. a little bit about that
0: yeah sure thing so my name is Zubi. I'm an independent rapper author host of uh, the Real Talk with Zubi podcast I also do coaching and public speaking as well I've got a very diverse background I was born in the UK I grew up in Saudi Arabia I lived there for about two decades my family background is originally from uh, Nigeria And when I was in Saudi Arabia, I went to an international school. So I was essentially in the American school system from kindergarten up until fifth grade. So if anyone here is listening and wondering why I don't obviously sound British, that is why.
1: (laughs) Totally. That's like so fascinating that you had so much diversity within where you grew up. So much like to take from. I think that probably comes from a lot of how you deal with today and take perspectives from all over all over today because of where you grew up in so many different areas.
0: Yeah, most definitely. I don't have the perspective from just one single country or culture. I've grown up through a range of different ones, and they've all influenced me in different ways. So I think the reason why what I do is effective and why people are really interested in me just sharing my views on the world and things I'm seeing is based on the fact it's just coming from a different and a unique perspective. Not not anyone else has the same upbringing I do in the way that I have it. Uh, Let alone combined with the sort of I guess talent stack I've got from doing music but also kind of doing social and political commentary and fitness stuff. All of that in the combination I do it is really unique. So I just do what I enjoy. I try to share a positive message, inspire people, motivate people and encourage people to think.
1: Yeah. And that's actually one of the main reasons why I wanted you on the podcast when I'm like figuring out who I want on my podcast when I was figuring out for a whole year, you were definitely in my top 10. Because if I wanted to delve into some polarizing and hot button topics, I want to have someone on the show who's going to be just like super logic based and also brings people together, but says some really um, important things that kind of blow up the internet sometimes. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of how you are. And what's so cool is that you do talk about politics sometimes, but really your your focus is on like why people behave the way that they do. You talk about like uh, just culture, morality, and just like really important stuff that kind of brings it together, as opposed to just focusing on like left, right, black, white. Like mm-hmm. it, it's just so fascinating, and really, I think it really does help like stir the conversation up, makes it much more interesting.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Well, I think we live in an age of false dichotomies where everything is. There's so many false binaries, right? Everything's either this or that black, white, left, right, good, bad. And there's, was it, uh, was it males who said the, the definition of ty- tyranny is the deliberate removal of nuance? Mm. And I think that's very much what we've been living through for several years, and perhaps now more than ever, certainly within my own lifetime, where everything's just everyone's looking at things in this very clear cut way, um, which doesn't really reflect reflect reality human beings are truly nuanced and unique and there are more than i mean if you take something like politics it's often framed especially here in the usa i mean you've got 330 million people in this country and it's framed as if there's only two political opinions right yeah. everything is left or right democrat or republican liberal or conservative and it's treated as if that's that's all there is and this happens on a lot of different issues and I think that's part of why there's this increasing polarization and even demonization of the other side the fact that it's even looked at as if it's just these two sides and you're either with us you're against us and I try not to I try my best not to play into that too much right I do have my own opinions and I'm not afraid to put them out there Uh, people agree with me people disagree I talk about everything under the sun But at the same time, I do my best to not view my fellow human beings as enemies, let me say. And I think in the media and in politics, there's a lot of value and a lot of power in encouraging people to view their fellow citizens or neighbors, sometimes down to friends and family, as enemies, as threats. And I think that the more people play into that and allow themselves to be used as pawns, then the worst things are gonna get. And I think that's what's been happening, certainly a lot over the past 18 months with the whole politicization of, say, the pandemic situation. But it was happening prior to that. It happened in my home country with the whole Brexit situation. It happened with the election of Donald Trump here in 2016. And again, it's all false dichotomies and artificial binaries.
1: Yeah, and to be honest, that I, I totally agree. And that's actually the main reason why Like, I've been a little bit nervous to even do this <laughs> episode because you know, I'm passionate about a lot of things. Sure. I talk about I talk about so many things. I talk about you know veganism, plant-based nutrition, um, home birthing, homeschooling, respectful parenting. Like it's it's a wide range. But the moment that you step into another topic that your audience isn't really used to you talking about, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people can get really upset because yeah. you know inevitably people are going to disagree with you. And unfortunately, a lot of people really feel like they have to agree with whoever that they follow or um, listen to that they have to agree with everything that they say. Mm -hmm. And I think they completely forget that, like, you can agree with someone on one thing, but that doesn't mean you're going to agree with them on everything. And that also doesn't mean that you should shun them completely from like just because you disagree with them on one thing Mm -hmm. because I mean that's how we find middle ground that's how we understand each other if we just listen to each other and I think just accepting that reality that it's very rare if possible ever, to find someone that agrees with you on everything so it's important I think to just like hear each other out and that's what that's why I've been so nervous because I want I want to come out and talk more about all the things because I'm just you know a passionate person about a lot of things as you are Um, But I also want to, like, bring people together and, Mm -hmm. like, make sure whoever's listening, like, feels heard no matter their feelings as well. And, like, just kind of address the differences within different opinions on something like today on the topic that we're going to talk about, Mm -hmm. freedom, um, just like everything that's going on in the world, because it is so polarizing. Like you said, I feel like the media wants to create this division. and there's no nuance left. There's like the left or the right, like you said, you're either all bad or all good. And mm-hmm. it's it's like interesting how the moment you come out with a differing opinion if, that they don't like, that someone doesn't like, it's like, oh, then they're all bad yeah. with all these names, so,
0: well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's emotional immaturity. That's what it is. It's grown people acting like toddlers, yeah. right? Everyone absolutely wanting to get their way and demonizing and name calling anyone who isn't 100% on board with everything. And once people start playing into that tribal mentality as well, it causes a lot of problems. But one is that it, it shuts down thinking, right? If your notion is that you just need to go with your tribe or the herd or your party or whatever it is on everything, even if you disagree or you have a problem with it or whatever the case may be, then you just become a mindless drone, mm. right? You're you're no longer thinking for yourself. You're It's what I call outsourcing your thinking. It's just tell other people dictating to you exactly what you're supposed to think exactly what you're supposed to believe who you're supposed to like who you're supposed to dislike who you're allowed to talk to who you're not allowed to talk to and to me that's all that's all nonsense Mm -hmm. it's all nonsense i will talk to absolutely anybody and everybody who wants to talk to me and who there's any reason to talk to whether i look we have over seven billion people in this world there's no two people on this planet who agree on everything and the notion that we should that that would even be the case is is absurd, right? Within a family, within a marriage, within friendship groups, you can have the tightest friends. You have disagreements. Mm-hmm. That's literally how it is because everyone's an individual, and it sort of blows my mind that that isn't the assumption and expectation, right? Like that's always been the case, right? And you can have a, you can even have a strong disagreement with someone on multiple things, and you can still absolutely love, respect, 100%. like. And honor that person um, you know and you can also have people who you don't really actually <laughs> like and get on with, even though on paper maybe you agree with a lot of things yeah but in terms of personality or, or vibe or other common interests, it's just it's just not there. So I really encourage people to be individuals themselves and also to treat other people as individuals. I try my best not to talk about, entire groups of people as if they're all just that one thing like i'm i'm not perfect sometimes i will paint with a broader brush than is necessary to get i try not to do more than is necessary to get the point across right um, but really any type of prejudice or bigotry or anything like that that's really where it stems from it stems from painting an entire group of people with a broad brush this is the root of racism this is the root of sexism this is the root of any type of ism or phobia in the true sense it's just looking at one characteristic of a person or a group of people and then just making a, a huge jump and just saying okay all almost any time you say all x people are y mm-hmm. you're going to be wrong right almost every time unless you're saying something redundant like all human beings or homo sapiens or something, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're always gonna be wrong. If, you, if I say all women are X, mm-hmm. right? And X is some trait that is just kind of like, a general, you're always gonna be wrong. If you say all white people are X, all black people are Y, you're always gonna be wrong. Um, so I encourage people to kind of break break out of that mindset. And I think that's ultimately how you have a more empathetic society. And even if people have their differences, they can coexist and it stuff doesn't go totally sideways
1: totally and people assume that even with me on my online presence that all of my friends must think exactly like me and If if something comes out, uh, oh, Ellen thinks this way, they start going to my friends, I can't believe you think this type of thing. Like You don't Mm. even know if they think that way. And I don't make my friends based on if we have agree on everything or even one in particular big thing that's important to me. Mm. A lot of times it is a foundational starting point that helps connect you to people, but not always. Many times my closest friends... We don't agree with many things that I'm even passionate about, but because we get along because we are open-hearted, listening to each other, and respectful. And one thing I really value in a friendship is openness and honesty and being willing to just share your real feelings about things. Mm -hmm. And that's how I build a friendship (laughs) above all else.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think if you have friends, then you should be able to talk about virtually anything with them. I'm always confused by this notion. I mean, I always have people messaging me, DMing me, saying, oh, you know, I've lost this many friends over x or especially in the last five years you've had people losing friends left right and center and i don't know if people are really losing friends i think they're finding out who their friends actually are who
1: their real friends are yeah
0: because if you can't respect someone despite knowing you have some disagreement they voted for a different party or um in in this situation now people are losing friends over freaking vaccines like this person took a shot and I did like this person won't take a shot and I was like honestly Mm. right you're putting that you're putting political party you're putting like medicines from big pharma you're putting that over your long-term relationships over your own friends your own flesh and blood like to me that is totally insane Mm
2: -hmm. it's totally
0: insane and despite the fact that I mean I I share my opinions a lot with the world like millions and millions of people see the stuff I put out there and I'm proud to say that Throughout this whole thing, I've lost zero friends.
3: That's amazing. I've lost zero
0: friends because we can talk about all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. There might be somebody like, man, Zuby, I don't think you're right on this one. I'll be like, man, I think you're crazy on this one, right? Mm-hmm. And then we can talk about it. We can laugh. We can joke about each other. But ultimately, we still respect each other. We still love each other. And we also know that we're operating from a good place. Oftentimes, people want the same thing. Like There are very few people who wake up in the world every morning and they think, I want to make the world a worse place that's very rare right there are psychopaths that does exist yeah. right it's not something that's non-existent but it's extraordinarily rare so even the person who on paper it might look like they want something totally different from you or like their views political religious whatever are totally different in most cases people are operating with the best information they have in the way that fits their worldview. Most people are doing what they think is right and it's really important to understand that. Even if you think they're totally wrong or they're very misguided or they just have the wrong info, whatever it is, the best way forward isn't just to call names and demonize, it's actually to have these conversations. So actually when people are doing this and they're blocking or uh, canceling their their friends or just people they follow, whatever it is in the real world or or online, who don't agree with them on, on everything, all they're doing is they're making their own perspective narrower and narrower. They're increasing the size of their own blind spots. So this is how you have those situations where something happens in the world, a big thing, a big election, right? And you have people like, I mean, to this day, there's still people like, oh my gosh, how did Trump win in 2016? And I'm like, how, are you, how have, do you not know anybody? There's of the 60 million plus people in your own country who voted, you haven't had that conversation with anyone and just been like, hmm, okay. Why did you vote that way? Mm -hmm. Right? Or why did you vote the other way? Like, these are just basic conversations. And if you have them, even if you leave in disagreement, you'll at least be able to understand another person's way of thinking. That's the goal. Yeah. And if you can't understand the way other people think at all, then that's nothing to be proud of. Some people are almost proud of the fact that they live in an echo chamber. And I'm like, that's nothing to be proud of. You should always be able to understand the different perspectives.
1: Yes, Um, for sure. Yeah. And... I think I I think that uh, like a lot of people might even just the mere the reason why that they're that they aren't hearing the other side or. Why people might be tempted to like shun their friends who disagree with them is is because they struggle to have open-hearted conversations mm. And I think it comes from maybe the way that they were raised if they never saw like parents or Respectful figures in their life have disagreements and and talk and discuss that type of thing I know I have friends who were raised that way And so they struggled when they got older to just share their opinion without being afraid of being like shunned by like a family member or a loved one mm. And I was raised by my parents to just we could talk about anything. We could disagree Lay it all out there talk it all out So then when I got older and I'm talking about this With people who aren't used to it they're like what are you doing right now Like (laughs) we don't talk about this I'm like wait don't we want to understand why we think The way that we do like Mm -hmm. that's the goal for sure So what made you like Start to talk about these things what like What was there like a pivotal moment Where you're like I need to start talking about these things Or did it just happen there
0: actually was yeah There was because I've been um, So I put out my first album 15 years ago and I've been online using social media for a similar amount of time. You know, back in the MySpace days, I was there at the beginning of Facebook, so on and so forth. And actually, the a big turning point was in 2018. So I've always talked about all of this stuff with my friends, with my family in private. But especially as a musician and as a creator, I always thought, mm, let me totally stay away publicly from anything political or uh Sensitive cultural or social issues. Let me not polarize anybody. Let me not rock the boat as they say Let me just keep that private and I'll just talk about music and other stuff that is out there for me there was a so all through 2015 and 2016 I was Really really just watching what was going on in the world and I was feeling a little bit concerned about various things that were happening particularly in the in the Anglosphere in the USA Canada Uh, Australia UK I was just seeing a rising tide of a lot of stuff that I'm in opposition of a lot of bad ideas and I was seeing this popping up and I was seeing other people podcasters people on YouTube talking about a lot of these things and I was following like I very much I very closely followed the rise of say someone like Jordan Peterson from his opposition to Bill C16 to him becoming this giant global figure I was following lots of guys, you know, the Joe Rogan, Dave Rubin, people who they used to call the intellectual dark web, all of that. I was very interested in what was going on there. And then in 2018, actually, I don't know if I've told this story before, but there was um, a guy I actually know who was the president of this of a student union of one of the universities in the UK. And he's uh, he's like a super social justice warrior type and uh, he posts a lot of annoying stuff on Facebook, but I tend to just ignore it and sort of laugh. But there was something he, he wrote about how he supports free speech, but people shouldn't be allowed to say things that are offensive or something like that. Yeah. And I, I felt compelled to comment on this one because I was like, that does not make any sense. And this is coming from someone who's got a high position in a university. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very concerning way for Someone in that position to be thinking, trying to shut that down, mm-hmm. right? Especially given that offense is totally subjective. So I responded, I can't remember exactly what I said, but I, I said something like, "You you either you support free speech or you don't. Like you've written a contradiction here." Um, and then we we kind of got into this uh, we, we kind of got into this back and forth on Facebook, where it was also interesting because most of his followers he was kind of trying to bring them in to back him up, and actually they were all siding with me. Because my point made more sense. And they were like, yeah, actually, Zuby's right. Um, Anyway, after a lot of back and forth, this conversation ended with him saying that, uh, pretty much quoting word for word, people like Zuby have dangerous ideas that get people killed and he shouldn't be allowed on university campuses. Wow. And I was like, okay, this is where we are. We're at a position where somebody thinks I'm... I'm a very reasonable, sane, rational guy. I'm not some crazy, radical, let alone someone with ideas that get people killed, right? So I was like, whoa, okay, this is going really, really far, right? If this is the current climate in universities, then more people need to speak. So I think from that point onward, that sort of snapped something in my brain, and I was just like, I'd started tweeting way more aggressively. (laughs)
2: Like, it's time to talk about these things. Yeah, I
0: was like, look. There's uh, because I wasn't seeing my views voiced very much in the public discussion. I was like, no one is saying the stuff I'm thinking. So just like now, a lot of people like and follow what I do because they're like, man, Zuby, you're saying, you say what I think,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: right? And I was kind of feeling like, man, not a lot of people are saying what I'm thinking. So Mm -hmm. I can't outsource this to anybody else. I've got to do it. I need to kind of jump into the fray a little bit. And so I started doing that, and it really started resonating. Because another big thing is, I never knew my thoughts and the way I, t- art- I articulate them was particularly unique or special,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? Like it I seems think, normal. Yeah, I think I- I'm pretty sane and reasonable and yeah. rational and I'm not coming out with some huge, crazy ideas or something. Um, but common sense in the age we live in is actually very uncommon, let alone the ability to articulate it in a clear way. So I started doing that and that really started to... Grow my followers a lot more, and I started to get uh, specifically quite a lot of attention from the USA. And then early 2019, I had a that viral tweet where I uh, identified as a woman, and I did the deadlift, and that blew up online, and millions of people discovered me off the back of that, and that just took things on a different trajectory. And from then on, I started getting invited onto a lot of major podcasts and TV appearances, and this and that. And it went from my audience primarily just being in the UK and knowing me from music. To my audience being global and knowing me, yes, for my music, but also as a public thinker to some degree, I guess. I don't really know what to call it.
1: To put words uh, in a way that helps people to be able to be like, yeah, this is what I'm thinking that maybe they had a hard time putting into words.
0: Yeah, just trying to make sense of the world. That's really how I've been since I was a child. I've always been very inquisitive and I've always been someone who doesn't really doesn't succumb to peer pressure and is willing to go against the herd and willing to be the odd one out in the room, whatever it is. I'm just trying to understand the world. So even what I do, what I'm doing right now is I'm thinking out loud. Yeah. It's the same thing I do on my social media. I'm just thinking out loud. Sometimes I've really thought it through and I'm presenting an idea, which is 90% through on thinking. Other times I just have a question. And I'm like, uh, oh, what do you, what do you guys think of this? Or <laughs> just put it out there. Yeah. Here's an idea. What do you think of this? Or how about that? Whatever. And I just do that I just do that publicly Mm -hmm. and people find it compelling and engaging.
1: So, okay. So on that note, let's get into the topic of freedom.
0: Okay, let's go. (laughs) Uh, Where do we
1: even start? (laughs) What what are your thoughts? Let's go. The mandates. I mean, I feel like it's important to bring up what maybe another opposing side is to what you're thinking and Mm -hmm. just kind of address that. So like. People who are, you know, liking the mandates, liking the way things have been handled by um, our politicians mm-hmm. and government elected officials. Um, they might look at, I mean, you haven't shared anything yet on this podcast, mm-hmm. how you feel. But like they might look at someone who's against the mandates mm-hmm. and wanting things to go back to normal, saying that they're selfish and like that they don't trust the science. Yeah. So what do you have to say to that?
0: Um, look, firstly, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Um, I am a pro-liberty person. I'm a pro-individual rights person. I'm a pro-personal responsibility person. That doesn't magically change just because there's a virus going around, which, by the way, has a over 99% survival rate in the vast majority of the population. Um, that's not, I don't believe we should jettison all of our freedoms and basic rights uh, over that or discriminate against people based on it, or se- create new lines of segregation in society based on it. All of that is nonsense. All I advocate for is what everybody claimed to believe back in January 2020. That's all. I'm, all that's happened is I haven't changed my position, and a lot of other people have, and they've, become, they've been swept into authoritarianism. Um, I mean, if you were to go back to January 2020 and you were to even propose some of the notions that people are now advocating for they themselves would be mortified.
1: Can you imagine?
0: Yeah, they themselves would be mortified. But over the course of 18, 19 months, whatever it's been now, people have been systematically and I would argue strategically propagandized and brainwashed to actually become way more radical and to give up their own freedoms. There's nothing radical about saying people should be allowed to make their own basic decisions about whether or not they go outside or who they talk to. Or whether or not they can hug their friends and family, or, if they or need to wear a
1: mask on the open beach. their
0: business, or yes, or wear a mask. If you want to wear a mask, that's up to you. I've never, throughout this whole thing, said people should not be allowed to wear masks. If you want to wear a mask, it should be up to totally. you. Totally. You want to take a shot? It's up to you. You want to do this? You want to do that? That is up to you, right? Now, I know that there will be someone who is listening and thinking, "Oh, but you know, this is a communicable disease. This is something that can spread, etc." I understand that. It's also that's also not new. We've been living with diseases and viruses and illness throughout our entire lives and prior to our lives. And the notion that you would shut down society or force businesses to close or take kids out of school for a year over a flu, for example, would be absurd. Right. And talk. Speaking of the flu, people hate it when you compare this virus to the flu. Yeah. Right. But firstly, they're in the same family. Secondly, the flu is statistically more dangerous to children
1: than yeah. this is. That's just a fact. Like 100% fact. Yeah.
0: So it would logically make more sense to do all of this and have all of this hysteria when it comes to the younger population over a flu than with this one. And especially at this stage, it's just, you know, everyone who wants to, everyone who wants to take the vax has already had it. Those who don't, don't want it. But we're just in this position where politicians have grasped a lot of power and, I'm someone who's just highly skeptical of the government because I know history because I see what's going on around the world. And I knew from early on that once they seize that power, it's going to be very difficult for them to relinquish it. They're not going to want to. And when you think of all the different incentives from profit to control to power, I mean, I don't believe someone could disagree with me on this. But at this stage and, and early on, I don't believe this has anything to do with health or saving lives or taking care of people. I, I, I don't believe that. I have, there's so many points that make it clear, especially at this stage, that that is not what's going on, right? And so that is how I view it. Like I said, I'm open to conversation. If people are like, no, you know, this is just about health and about safety. People are entitled to have that viewpoint. But the problem is, see, my, my view is not infringing on anyone. My, what I advocate for doesn't infringe on anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. I've said from day one, look, if you're scared or you're vulnerable, whether that is logical or illogical to me, that doesn't matter. Right. If you want to stay at home for the next five years and you want to wear three masks and you don't want to go outside. I support your right to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. If you don't want to run your business or you don't want to go to work or you want to do this, you want to you can do what you want. Right. I don't I don't care. That's up to you. But to force everybody else to try to be as afraid of you, as afraid as you or to try to force everybody else to, to go along with all this, or literally get to the point where you're trying to force people to inject things into their body because you're scared, I mean, it doesn't even, it doesn't even make sense. Logically, no. it, it, does, it doesn't even make sense. So this is what happens when people are in panic mode and hysteria, is they start saying things and doing things and advocating for things that do not make any sense. And simply by throwing out the word science, people think you can just do nonsense and say the word science, mm-hmm. and magically it makes sense, and it doesn't. Right, There's been so much anti-scientific, irrational nonsense going on all over the world for the past 18 months now. Um, and it just continues. And it's like, I think due to people wanting to protect their own egos and due to cognitive dissonance and the sunk cost fallacy, very few people want to look up and go, mm, maybe I should reevaluate the situation. All this new information has come out and the situation now is very different to where it was, say in February 2020. Maybe, yeah. um, maybe there's something else going on here. Maybe I haven't got the whole picture. Maybe those people I thought were crazy are not so crazy. Um, maybe it's me being selfish. Uh, people calling everyone else selfish is like, oh, actually, maybe it's selfish of me to try to demand, make all these other demands on other people because I'm afraid, you know. Um, so that's my that's kind of my my res- my response to people who think more along those lines. Cause I'm like, look, I'm supporting your rights. You're trying to take away mine and everybody else's. So I'm literally fighting for your own rights, for your own freedom, for your own liberty that you always had before. Yeah, that's all.
1: there's so much to say there because I think but, a lot of people don't know history and how yeah. it does repeat itself. Whereas some people are focusing more on that and thinking about what what is coming next mm-hmm. type of thing. And I do agree with you that this overall, the overall sentiment is not about our health. Um, if it was there'd be a lot different information it's that would be different. being shared but I do think that like the healthcare worker workers and doctors and um, people who consider themselves who or who are considered experts who are advocating for a lot of the things like social distancing and masking and still doing that I do think that they do do believe in, they do believe in what they're saying mm-hmm. and maybe, and like you said, maybe there needs to be some reevaluation and like listening to all sides of the spectrum. And yeah. I think one thing that really concerned me from the very beginning, which I even said in the very beginning in like, uh, something online and Instagram post, was that it feel, it, I mean, we know that all of these mandates weren't, they never considered the detrimental effects of doing them because mm-hmm. never in the history of the world have we ever done this. Like no. where you, they don't care. Yeah, I right. mean, where you, where you quarantine the healthy, uh-huh. that has never happened before, and um, it just wasn't discussed at all online, the no. increase in suicide rates, the increase in stress, um, that could affect um, heart attacks, and mm-hmm. all different kinds of factors, that just wasn't considered at all. And yeah. abuse, abuse, abuse going up in homes.
0: There, there's infinite factors. Yeah. There's infinite factors, financial, economic, physical health, mental health. Um, impact on children, impact on poverty—like it, it's it's gigantic. I said more than a year ago that the the response is going to kill more people than the virus, and I still I, I don't know exactly how you'd measure that, but I still think that is true, right? And this is—and also, look, here's another conversation that was never had. Who dis, who decided that? Who decided that this virus is the most important thing in the world?
3: Who exactly. De, who, who
0: decided that this one? particular virus amongst all the ones we have and all, everything else that matters from liberty to freedom to people being happy to people being able to live right who who decided that's that's a philosophical question right all yeah. these nations have assumed everything is running under the assumption that the most important thing in the world is Reducing the number or minimizing the number of people who die from the Rona. Well, the people who
1: decided were the medical experts within our governments Yes, and they are not experts when it comes to social work when it comes to suicide when it comes to They're (laughs)
0: they're they're, they're also Also, that's not how policy should even should even work Totally right. So even if you have got a, a, a Doctor or a scientist or actual medical experts, right? They can inform on that but that doesn't mean that philosophically you change the whole found the whole foundation and structure of a nation, right? Yeah. Where oh, actually, like who, like literally, t- take take two things, okay? Liberty versus reducing the risk of death from a, a given virus, right? Which one is which one is more important, right? And is is there a scale? Is it, is it a binary or is it is it a scale? Whatever, right? I would argue liberty is far more important,
3: right, right? Where- Upholding
0: upholding human rights and dignity and freedom is more important than minimizing or attempting to minimize or creating an illusion that you're minimizing, um, death or hospitalization. I would say almost from, from almost anything, in fact. Right. And the other side is,
1: is, you know, when it comes to understanding and listening to the Mm -hmm. other people's opinions is saying that, You know, you don't care about grandma and you only care about economics Emotional blackmail. Yeah. And I, but I really do believe that at their heart, they really do think the latter or the Mm -hmm. the first thing you said is more important. Mm -hmm. And maybe that just comes from, um, uh, where you're getting your information. Mm -hmm. And like, like you said, you're, you're looking into history. Mm -hmm. You see what's happened in our past about, you know how america came to be even even though you are not american mm-hmm. you look at that and our founding fathers and what they fought for and how important freedom was because of what happens when you lose your freedoms yeah that we as, as a society haven't seen in our lifetime yeah
0: well people are seeing it now yeah right um people are seeing it now and again this is the thing it's like look if you're scared you can stay home if you're scared you can wear a mask forever like you've always been able to do that
1: why right? do you think there's so much confusion still
0: Still, because the media has destroyed people's brains and ability to think. People have been, literally, we've had over 500 days of straight propaganda all over the world on a global level. Every, almost every city and every country and every continent around the world, people have just been hammered, 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 hammered with fear and propaganda. And when people are afraid, they do not think rationally.
1: Mm -hmm. You're much more willing to give up your freedoms if you're afraid.
0: Yes. People succumb to, people don't just... People don't just accept authoritarianism; they demand it.
1: And what about people who just don't think that it's propaganda? They don't. They think that the government has well, our best interests at heart, and even <laughs> the media. Even or maybe I think I a think lot they, of people I think actually, actually they need to pay more attention. I, well, yeah, I actually think most people think the mainstream media news mm-hmm. is is like. You know, there's a lot of problems with it mm-hmm. and that there's a lot of corruption. And yet at the same time, they still have so much power over what we think. Yeah.
0: It's, it's double think, you know. And look, nobody is totally immune to cognitive errors, mm-hmm. right? Nobody is like the perfect, clear, rational thinker, yeah. right? And emotion is a thing and emotion should be a thing. But emotion alone is a terrible way to drive policy and to create like the the foundation and structure of how things should generally work right you don't want people to be absolutely cold hard ruthless and emotionless Mm -hmm. but when emotion takes over everything and it takes over and it supersedes logic and it supersedes reason and it supersedes proportionality um then you're in a you're then in a moral panic you're in a collective hysteria and we're in a collective hysteria we're living through a moral panic that I've certainly in my lifetime never experienced before. I think this is the first huge one in in several decades, actually. I think we've had things on smaller scales, such as with with terrorism. I think that was a little bit of a moral panic. And we've had other ones, but not like this, not involving so many people on such a global, systematic scale with the same messaging and the same brainwashing and all of that going on. We're essentially living in a time now where people are living in, in different realities. There's different realities and you see this. They've even done surveys and polls where they're talking about um, where they're talking about how what people think the the hospitalization rates are or what the death rates are, etc. And people are out some people are out by a factor of a thousand. Right? They think that if you get this virus that there's a fifty percent chance that you're gonna end up in hospital. It doesn't even matter how old you are or how wow. old you are. There's people who think that, man, you know, if you get this there's people who still think that the death rate is like five percent or even ten percent or something yeah right and so if you view it through that way i can understand and empathize with why they're so afraid and are kind of been going haywire for such a long period of time but it's like they're not looking at the data and the stats correctly they're not they're not in fact in many cases they're not even looking at them right they're just running with what they feel or they're running with personal anecdote right look because this here's the thing right you know Of course, I'm not, because some people, again, this is a false binary. Some people will be like listening, oh my gosh, this guy doesn't think COVID exists, right? It's like, look, it exists, it's there, Mm -hmm. right? There's a virus, but there's something called proportionality. So to upend the entire world, (laughs) upend an entire country, put millions and millions of people out of work, rip hundreds of millions of kids away from school, create all these mental health issues, all these physical health issues, create all of this, the economic fallout, the inflation, the unemployment, all of this stuff over literally A virus. I'm going to repeat with an over 99.9% survival rate in most of the population for which there are various treatments available and that they have got the uh, um, I'll call them vaccines because that's what they call them but I think they're more like therapeutics Um, it's absurd right and people need to just breathe in and breathe out and think okay hang on what are we doing does this does this make sense is this proportional and is the hysteria and the response justified i would say a strong no i would have said a strong no more than a year ago and especially at this stage uh, for me it's a it's a an even stronger no and i think that people are i think people are sleepwalking into i think people have sleepwalked into tyranny in mm. many places. Well,
1: because it's like taking a little bit of your freedoms away at a time. Yes. And they're just seeing how much they can get away with. Totalitarian but, tiptoe. But I mean, but yeah, totally. But I have friends who kind of look at it like, well, why would they have us do all these things <laughs> if they didn't have, like, if they have, they should, they must have their best, our best interests at heart. And I think that comes from just seeing the people in their real lives, mm-hmm. the people at their work, you know, like maybe you're in the medical device field and yes. you're like, no one in my field wants people to die. No yeah. one, you know, no one wants to enforce things or make things happen that um, that would cause harm. Mm-hmm. So when you see your real life experience, you think, of course, our elected officials have our best interests at heart. And um, it really comes down to like a different uh, perspective on the potentialness yes. of overstepping
0: yes. freedoms. Well, look, any, anyone, just look at the 20th century. Let's just look at the last 100 years, right? Anyone who can look at the last 100 years and come to the conclusion that the government always has the people's best interest in mind is naive or stupid like and I, I don't like calling people stupid but you can't look at the 20th century whether you're talking about the rise of hitler and nazism to mao in china to um pinochet to stalin to pol pot to all of these dictators in the middle east in africa etc saddam hussein right how can you come to the conclusion that the government government's always have best people's interest in mind. Absolute nonsense, right? You it know, totally you know, fact is. factually, that's not an opinion. That's factually incorrect
1: i mean i naively my whole life thought we're past this we're past all the horribleness that have happened in the world i really did i was like there's no way something like a holocaust or slavery in like a a more developed nation Mm. would happen again like we're totally past all the hardships within a country and then this happened and i'm like oh Mm. this is the thing in our Mm -hmm. lifetime this Mm -hmm. is the the, this is the thing
0: (laughs) well people forget that we're still living through history Mm -hmm. right people think that history is over Right. Yeah, I know. history is over. Freedom won. There's no more dictators. Right. There's no more best. I mean, come on, North Korea still exists, guys. Mm. Um, so it's that. It's honestly, it's uh, it's complacency. And it's it's great that in the modern West, you know, it's been such a long time. It's been several decades since we've really had, you know, I mean, like a, a real severe war. Whether it's a World War One or a yeah. World War Two or even Vietnam. Sure, there have been wars in our lifetime but not in the way that generations before us used to deal with. So it's easy to look at the situation and think, "Oh, we're here now and th- think things just keep going forward, right? I imagine if you went back to 1921, in 1921 people thought that Hey, we're so modern. We're so sophisticated. Yeah, we're we're not we're not like these brutes no. back in history who were committing genocide and always going to war and doing all this nonsense, right? Like, do you think that the Germans back in 1921 were there, like, oh yeah, like this is going to happen in the next couple? Of course not. Nobody saw it coming, and it's so important and for people to understand that we are not fundamentally different to our ancestors. We are the same people. We have not evolved. You don't think we've evolved? No, not at all.
1: I kind of, I tend to think Uh, that, like that, like through, like all the hardship and the barbaric stuff that has happened. There's Mm -hmm. like these little moments of clarity on how to be more loving and more Mm -hmm. um, kind, and then like raising your children that way. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel like over time, that's how like nations have gotten better and what we fought for. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: But
1: then we just can't get lazy to think that it could never happen again.
0: Yeah, so I I agree with you to an extent. So we are more enlightened than our ancestors because we can look back at their errors and mistakes. Yeah. Right. That's the value of knowing history because you can look back at it and you can oh let's not do that again. That was a bad idea. Right. That's why. So right now, as we speak in various states, cities and countries, they're rolling out this concept of vaccine passports. So show your papers to enter a grocery store, yeah. a restaurant, a gym, a cinema, whatever. We've done segregation before. It's a bad idea.
1: Such a bad idea. You
0: had it in the USA. You had Jim Crow laws. You had it in uh, South Africa, even within our life, apartheid, right? When you create a two-tier society and you give certain rights and privileges and access to own to one group and another one who is unclean, you don't give it. It's always a bad idea. Always. I always. mean, that's kind
1: of how they started with Nazi Germany. Yes. La- labeling the Jewish people as. Um, the ability that they unclean that they spread Mm -hmm. spread diseases and by slowly just implementing this over and over and over Mm -hmm. again people hear it and the more that they hear something unfortunately like you said most people don't they outsource their thinking as opposed to true Mm -hmm. critical thinking Mm -hmm. the masses started to believe it
0: yeah and it preys on people's worst tendencies right so now you I've seen people openly saying that even even some mainstream people saying that if someone is unvaccinated against uh, against uh, COVID and they get it then they, they should they should be denied healthcare, Yeah. Right. Sorry That's... to anyone who does not like Holocaust comparisons, but this is how you end up in those type of situations. Right. And this is that that level of demonization and dehumanization or, you know, calling other people diseased, viewing people as an existential threat it's such a dark road. I
1: mean, literally, comedians are now making jokes about it.
0: It's not funny, you know. It's it's it, this is the pro- this is the problem, and this is what I mean when I say human beings haven't evolved, right? Because we still have those base, primal tribalism. Yeah, right? I see what you mean. Yeah, once you start, that's why it's dangerous to see people as enemies, because yeah. once you do, what do you do with an enemy? What do you do with a threat? You exterminate it, right? That is mm-hmm. literally how human beings are. Wired, and it's so foolish and naive for people to think that all the bad stuff that has happened in history cannot happen again. Totally. Like, and by recognizing that it can happen again, that's how you stop it yeah. from happening again, right? Every, all of us, especially when we were younger, would always look. I mean, you just look, again just look at the twentieth century. And be like, how did they? How did they let that happen? Like that doesn't make sense. Like, I know. Were, were they all like how? You know, how, to, and now it's, I mean, I'm, I, I certainly don't ask those questions anymore because I can see how it happens. It's and very so people, slow. Yeah, it, it's incremental. But it's, it, it can also happen fast. I mean, it's only 18 months. The world has been upended in 18 months. Previously free countries. Look yeah, at so Aust-
1: really not that slow. Look
0: at Canada. Look at Australia. Look at New Zealand. Look at Italy. Look at um, uh, Slovenia, right? Certain parts of the world which were just... Free and open. Some of these countries I've been to before and traveled to is all lovely. Whatever. It's like, man, I'm not stepping foot there right now yeah. because they're they're going crazy and people in power get drunk off of power and like I think I think a lot of people don't. I think most people never really experience power, so they don't really know how corrupting it can mm. it can be when that is unchecked. And the truth is that. A lot of people in in government are power hungry. They're power seekers, right? How, why, why do you even want to be a president or a prime minister or a governor or a mayor or whatever it is? It's because you seek power. Mm. You seek power. So you're going to get a higher level sure like most people you know in the normal world will be you know decent and friendly and kind of the ones who want to become yeah but they're not the ones who (laughs) want to be you know ellen fisher does not want to be president of the usa no right you do a better job in my opinion (laughs) but you're too you don't want that type of power you don't want to flex power over 300 million Mm
2: -mm. people
0: so the people who tend to get into those positions are you know at best they might not you know they're, they're kind of kept in check but oftentimes and this this is why every i mean has there ever been like a good dictatorship right is it possible Mm. that every single person who's ever reached the position of dictator is just a horrible evil psychopath probably not Mm. they just have totally unchecked power to do whatever they want and have no one hold them accountable
1: i think unfortunately a lot of people don't realize this because they know people who work in the government and Mm. they see, look at how like they're a public servant. They really have our best interests at heart because most people do. I think I agree. it's really just the few, a few at the Mm. very top that have a lot of power. And that's not to say anyone who has Mm. power is this way. It's just, we have to be careful. We have to be be careful. Yeah. To to look at our history and and realize how important freedom is. And I, I hate that there's such a broad stroke here that like, Inevitably, it's like, oh, look at these two here. They're, they must be these like gun-loving, flag toting in the middle of the street. There's nothing like, wrong
0: with gun toting and flag, flag, <laughs> flag waving. Not at all.
1: No, let me be clear. But the way that it's pro- it's projected that anyone who like questions mandates or lockdowns or masks or vaccines, like or, or a specific vaccine even, mm-hmm. not even all vaccines, mm-hmm. but even just one specific one, mm-hmm. you're automatically lumped in this category mm-hmm. that you must be a Trumpian. You must be all these things. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate because it doesn't leave any room for the gray that you can just let, let's just find how many different levels of different opinions about from left to right that there is. Mm -hmm. So, yeah,
0: I would also, I would also encourage anyone who is, you know, maybe feeling triggered by something I've said here is to think back in, go, go back literally just two years ago and think if you, if someone had proposed all of the stuff that is going on now, right? Especially in places where they've been very authoritarian with it, right? If someone had suggested that uh, he- you know healthy people should be forced to stay at home, businesses forced to shut down, children taken out of school for a year for a virus that isn't even killing them, um, people should be forced to be injected against their will or lose their job, um, people should be forced to cover their faces mm. in the West, mm. even mm. outside in some places, you would have la- you would have la- you would have said absolutely not. I don't support that. Whether you're liberal, you're conservative, you live, you people, everyone would have said no, no, not in the West. This isn't China. We don't roll like that. Mm-hmm. So, what has happened in less than two years' time that has made, you know, perhaps the listener or so many other people totally change their principles, right? Well, totally change the their stance. Of, totally cha- Yeah,
1: it's the amount of deaths and COVID and everything that's happened based on what is being said on. The news mm-hmm. and by experts that we trust you know
0: yeah well the experts have been lying to you for over 18 months so maybe if someone keeps lying to you over and over and over again you should perhaps trust them less and perhaps you should just look at the data and the statistics for yourself and work it out from there sure maybe you look at the data and the statistics and you still come to certain conclusions um, but I would just encourage people to think I'm not big on telling people exactly what to think. I want people to think though
1: Right. To right? Think, I to want think. people
0: to think well, because a lot of people are not thinking
1: Yeah, and what's really frustrating to me is how many people are in support of censoring? Yes. censoring like physicians with different there opinions. So that's a reason why we're thinking it's one specific narrative about mm-hmm. COVID. And that is one specific opinion. And let's look at that and let's hear this, this perspective. But I also want to hear this other perspective that mm-hmm. has a chat. That's like going to challenge that viewpoint. Yes. And unfortunately when something really like, um, in, an important speech comes out by an expert, a physician, mm-hmm. a scientist, Pull it off YouTube. it's pulled off YouTube. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people who support this. And I'm like, how, how, yeah. how can you support this? Cause one day they're going to come after you. You who of thinks course. that anyone who disagrees with you, you need to censor them because it's, you know, killing people. One day you're going to say something that you really believe is right and mm-hmm. they're going to censor you. Yeah. And they're going to say you're, you're the one who's hurting people. Yeah.
0: And, and and to use your their own argument, that is, there's nothing more anti-scientific than not being allowed to ask questions. Sure. Science is based on inquiry. Questioning science is science. If you can't question it, it's not science. It's dogma. Right? Even within a religion. Mm-hmm. Which some people, especially critics of religion, would say is a form of dogma. You can ask questions, mm-hmm. right? If you have a pastor or a priest or an imam or um, you know any other spiritual or religious leader who is, you, you should be able to ask them questions, mm-hmm. right? And the response shouldn't just be, "All right, we're going to silence you, or shut up, or you're stupid, or you're going to hell, or oh, you're anti-whatever." it should be answering the question i don't trust any expert or scientist so-called who is not willing to entertain questions and challenge i don't trust a single one right if you are an expert in something or you're knowledgeable about something you should always be open to question and challenge Mm -hmm. right if there's something i've said on this podcast that that you, you someone disagrees with or whatever i should be open to them going hey hang on what did you say there? It didn't make sense. Or this is my thought or whatever. If I'm just like, nope, silence, block, 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 silence. Right. Then what does that say about how I feel yeah. about what I'm saying, right? Because right. good ideas can stand up against challenge and scrutiny. And in science, especially in medicine,
1: especially in medicine, that
0: has to be For sure. possible. Once you start shutting down questions and shutting down even from experts and you're shutting this down, you're shutting potential treatments down, whatever it is, You've literally moved into the realm of fundamentalist religion, not even like like radical, yeah. no questions allowed, burn the heretic at the stake. Like that's what you've moved into. And that is not, that's not science. That's not reason. Right. And actually that is what gets people killed because throughout history, you know, science doesn't run based on consensus. Just because a majority of people think something at one point does not mean it's, Correct oh, we've
1: been wrong so many we've times Been
0: wrong so many times Remember when they
1: said smoking was okay for pregnant women Yeah doctors, doctors
0: were pushing it right <laughs> and and so this is the thing there's a level of corruption And there's also just a level of incompetence and just not knowing it's okay not to know things Right, it's okay not to know things and I'll tell you two phrases I've never heard I've pretty much never heard throughout this past 18 months from any public official or any expert I've never heard someone say we were wrong
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah, and That's I've never really almost and
0: and I've I've heard it, but I very rarely heard someone say I don't know, mm. or we're not sure. Mm-hmm. What did they say? The science changed?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Nonsense! Science doesn't change, right? Like what people understand of it does. Like facts, facts are facts. We realized
1: we were wrong. Yeah, and, the we, truth is yeah, actually and, this. and this is
0: the thing, right? If they'd if throughout the the communication through this whole thing has been a disaster. If mm. people have said like, look, we don't know, but based on what we know at the time, this is what we think. If you change your mind should be like, all right, this is why we've changed our mind. We looked at this, this data came out, and so we're changing our position on this, That would be so
1: much more intellectually honest.
0: That would all be fine, It'd be so
1: much easier to take them seriously, too. Exactly,
0: and then you could trust people. If if they say, like, look, let's take something simple. Take the masks. Mm -hmm. In, like, March, April, May, maybe even June last year, the experts in multiple countries literally, explicitly said, don't wear masks. Masks don't work, essentially. Yeah. Right? And by the way, masks are not new technology. We've had these for decades, and they were never recommended in flu seasons, etc., for a reason. Um, and then they flipped the script and just said, not just everybody should wear a mask, but they create, created a mandate to try to force people to wear masks. Even okay? children. Even children. And okay? even
1: outside. And
0: they never explained why, right? <sighs> when people say, oh, the science changed. It's like, what, what, what science? What specifically change what were what was the real world information that was coming out or like the, the the proper studies not just spraying aerosols onto mannequins or whatever nonsense they did what 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 was the real thing that changed here that's led to this u-turn right and they didn't even try to explain it they've done this with so many things they just change things and then say oh the science changed and it's like wh- it wh- to the what it adds was the explanation for sure yeah and you know, and it reaches the point where, and this this is where I differ with some people because, was it Hanlon's razor where they say, you know, never put down to malice what can be attributed to stupidity or incompetence. But, um you know, when when it seems like there's a contradiction, maybe people need to check their premises, right? Because what if a lot of people say, man, this you know, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. And it's like, look, if I view this through the lens of profit, power, and control, everything makes sense. If you view it through the lens of health, science, safety, reasonable thinking saving lives etc a lot of stuff doesn't it ceases to make sense so there comes a point where and this is not me saying that like everybody or even most people are have any sort of ill intent i do agree that most people do have Mm. good positive intent but i do think that there are people pulling the strings who do have ill intent and i think that some of the repercussions of the policies as you were saying some of those downstream repercussions i struggle to believe it's all accidental Mm-hmm. Right. I struggle to believe it's all accidental because I don't think you can be that incompetent across all these different countries that you, you've you just caused all of this chaos and damage that was very easily predictable. Right. And you oh you you genuinely didn't see that that was going to happen. Of, of, of course it was going to happen. But
1: what about like the lower elected officials, like for instance, like the mayor here in Maui, we recently, mm-hmm. well, I mean, it's all of Hawaii, but mm-hmm. in, in Maui. So we recently started vaccine mandates, the mm-hmm. health pass, so mm-hmm. called to get into restaurants, bars, and gyms um, for so long. It was, you had to wear a mask outside <laughs> on the beach. They're mm-hmm. telling tourists as they come here, mm-hmm. you need to wear it on the beach. And we're sitting on the beach. I'm just looking at everyone wearing a mask. I'm like, what no are we doing? There. What are we doing here? No
0: science, no logic, no rationale. You can't spread a disease you don't have, and but this doesn't spread outside to begin with.
1: I think a lot of people are just afraid. Yes. There's, there's a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. There's fear of the virus. There's mm-hmm. fear of speaking out, with your opinion. If you have a different opinion than the Mm -hmm. status quo, um, there's fear of not being able to see your loved ones and having discussions with your family. There's so much fear and fear drives a lot of it. Unfortunately, something you said about, um, being able to have your beliefs challenged online. It's really not just online, but just in general, but it's It's so difficult online because you can't, there's people who are responding have like, a nominated mm-hmm. and like it's and I just it's so difficult to be misunderstood I've said this in a past episode for me I, I really don't like being misunderstood but I also don't have the time to like go back and forth yeah. in a comment online that's why these in-person conversations are so wonderful to me and that's like one of the main reasons why I started a podcast
0: yeah and I'm glad you did I mean I've just accepted that some people are going to misunderstand and misunderstand me yeah misinterpret me uh sometimes it's it, inevitable. sometimes unintentionally oftentimes intentionally and maliciously um, and I've just accepted that. So everything... And, oh, yeah. no, go ahead. Yeah, and, and it's... I, I'm very similar in that, you know, I don't... I hate seeing my name being slandered or someone misinterpreting what I'm saying or totally missing the point, whatever, but I can address some of it. I can't address all of it, and no. I've just made peace with that, and I'm like, look, there's going to be some people, even with this podcast, there's going to be some people maybe who listen to the first five minutes, and they're like, oh, this guy is an, an anti-vaxxer and a conspiracy theorist, and he wants people to die, and what it's like... Okay, God bless you man. Like I wish you'd like listen through with a little more nuance and get out your feelings But there's people who are just like that and it's gonna fall on deaf ears sometimes So i've just made peace with that and I focus on those who choose to listen Yeah attention
1: it there's inevitable and i've said this before we're like the ones who are upset or have negative Really nasty things to say they seem like so much just just because they're louder. It's not like there's yes. more of them. It's a small percentage. I have such a wonderful audience listening here, everyone listening. Thank you for listening to our conversation. Um, one thing I want to ask, like, or something we can talk on, is like, if coercion is freedom. So they might be saying, oh no, you still have your freedoms. You can just choose not to go to the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can just choose not to work the job that you uh-huh. do. You know, like, These ultimatums, some people think is still freedom. It's fascism. So how do you how do how do we break that down to like make it make sense that it's that's not freedom?
0: Go back to twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. What was what what was required for you to participate in free society and not be discriminated against? Right. What were the what were the what were the preconditions for that existing? Yeah. Yeah. So again, what's changed?
1: I wonder if the people who are happy with how everything has been handled, if they think that it should be handled like this. Forever like because viruses are always going to be around and there's Mm going to be another big virus Or do they think that like this virus is the only virus that's going to be this bad and then we can be done
0: Oh, there's definitely going to be worse ones in the future. Yeah, no question No question. I mean this thing's mild compared to any previous pandemic like on scale and I'm not saying this to uh, dismiss anybody who has been uh, Hospitalized let alone died with it right every single death is sad and unfortunate but if we're comparing this to, say, the Spanish flu or the, the Black Death, anything like that, it's not even in the world of the level of severity. Not, not even, like, it would be embarrassing, it's kind of embarrassing to even compare them. Um, and so, again, just like humanity continues there's going to viruses aren't going anywhere yeah disease is not going anywhere um so probability wise there's absolutely going to be something worse yeah that comes in the future and it, and if people keep you know there's an elephant in the room we haven't even discussed here which is people uh you know not maintaining good health to begin with yeah which is a big reason as to why certain countries um have been hit harder mm-hmm. with this specific virus because it does target people with comorbidities, it does particularly affect people who are overweight or obese, so on and so forth. And, um, and of course, you know, there's been a huge message missing throughout the, all the communication. Yeah, it's like, about it's like very health. little
1: mentioned, but you know that this is not about our health because no. if it was, like you said, we know it's not, mm-hmm. if, if it was, it would everything wouldn't be about staying inside, isolating, or not being around the family, opposite. not being around people you love yeah. and like nothing about taking care of your health at all. Yeah. When we know without a shadow of a doubt that that does affect your Absolutely. reaction to how strong Absolutely. of a reaction you're going to have to this virus. Yeah,
0: which is why I struggle to give the people who make these policies uh much wiggle room and assumption of that oh you know they they care about health and there's so many things that would have been so different if this were primarily genuinely about getting people in better health and keeping them safe and public health and safety so many things would have been so different so different so 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 different so i have to assume at some point that okay there is ulterior motive here there are other intentions here um, and I know why people don't like to do that. And I know people don't like being labeled conspiracy theorists. People mm-hmm. don't like being called names, whatever. I understand that. But I'd rather be considered that than to be manipulated like a sheep into tyranny. Right. Mm-hmm. And to end up in some kind of slave state where I now all of a sudden have less rights and freedoms than I did a year and a half ago. Even a year ago. Right. Like the, people are literally. They look. There's no way someone can claim that the situation right now is worse than it was a year ago. But somehow people have less freedom yeah. than they did a year ago. How, wait, how We're did still that happen? Locking Should, down. Shouldn't it shouldn't it get better? Like even if even if say there was going to be a, a lockdown and restrictions and this and that, shouldn't it, shouldn't it get freer over time? Now now in some places it has, but in others they've doubled down, tripled down, quadrupled yeah. down to the point where now Despite the threat massively being uh, mitigated, somehow people are now stuck with less freedom than they had even a year ago, which is utter insanity. So again, people need to need to check the premises on these things.
1: Yeah, I think that um, a lot of positive intention. (laughs) Oh, did you have something to say? No,
0: no, I was going to say, sorry, I get a little fired up on this topic because it genuinely angers me. um, What's been happening in in many places not everywhere some places are way better than others and I'm I'm blessed to have been able to travel a lot over the past 18 months despite this but seeing what's going on in certain places really
1: it's really upsetting it
0: really angers me Yeah, it really angers me
1: it's really upsetting and I pause because I'm like I, I want to come together so badly. I want <laughs> us to all like, just try to see where each other is coming from. Yeah. And positive intention or positive thought to people, even friends of mine um, are like, well this, it's only going to be temporary this vaccine passport. But I really believe, like, once you give up your power, power you do not give it back. You, they do not give it back.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, this started, people, look, people, this started with two weeks to slow the spread and flatten the curve. Yeah, we're, let's not forget days how this, it. don't forget how this started. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I made a tweet on Twitter that the hardest part of 15 days it. to slow the spread is the first 500 days. You right?
1: have such good tweets. <laughs> Anyone who doesn't follow him on Twitter, you need to go follow Zuby on Twitter.
0: Yeah, but be prepared for triggering. Um, <laughs> this is the thing the goalposts have been moved so many times. Yeah. Right. People just wake up, wake up, please. Yeah. Because you could be sleepwalking into a world where you, your children, your children's children have less freedom than you ever did. Yeah. I read something about that.
1: That was like, you know, we're getting to a place where like your children's children are going to not know the freedom that their grandparents had. That's like really heartbreaking to me. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Another thing but, that's crazy
0: is people are being enslaved by technology mm-hmm. Right, so people always think of technology well, primarily as a good thing that moves society forward But this whole response, everything we're talking about, this wouldn't have even been possible 20 years ago I know You, in, If this happened in 2001, there would have probably been a freakout for three to four weeks And then it would just be like, all right, we need to get back to normal Right, because you can't just sit at home and order Uber Eats and tell people to work from home and tell kids to do Zoom, you know, Zoom calls. Zoom classes. None of that stuff means anything, right? I mean, it's part of why if you look at a continent like Africa, um, for the most part, vast majority of countries, like, they, they, they can't even do this response. This, the response we've had in the West is a luxury. It's enabled by technology. You can't just tell, you know, hundreds of millions of people who need to go out and physically work to earn a living totally. and have their kids go to physically to school. You can't just tell them, oh, just stay home for stay home for eight months and order your fast food online and do like they haven't even got internet, let alone stable electricity. So that's another really interesting point is that our own technology is getting to a stage where it's could enslave us. Right? And that oh, is that's the next really
1: interesting to think about.
0: Yeah, that is the next risk. The next form of authoritarianism Has come and is coming in the form of science and technology.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I actually want to do an entire podcast breakdown about like social media and kids. Mm. Like, it's astounding to me how many children have their own smartphones, like children, (laughs) children, Mm. and access to information that could be very damaging to their brain development. Um, I think about how hard high school was even without social media. Just imagine like what it is today. It's very like Black Mirror ish. Have you ever seen that show?
0: I have, unfortunately.
1: That show, I know. It's, it's I, every realistic.
0: time I always feel it's really. Too, icky. No, I, I love it, but it's <laughs> uh, it's a little too realistic. I love
2: it. I love it <laughs> and hate it. Like at the
1: end, I'm like, why did I watch that? I feel terrible now. Yeah. But okay, I wanted I want to talk a little bit about your tweets. You've had you've had a lot of viral tweets. Okay. One of these ones that went really viral was your 20 things I've learned or had confirmed about humanity during the pandemic. Mm. And I just want to read some of like my the most interesting ones to me that you said it's all really fascinating what you said but number one most people would rather be in the majority than be right and that is so true we've looked at like social experiments and how quickly we adapt to just like blend in Mm
3: -hmm.
1: not everybody but the majority Mm -hmm. are like that even there's like the one i was starting to tell you but we got interrupted by the kids which i still got to find it to show you where um, a woman sitting in a waiting room, and they're like the the social experiments to see like how she reacts. And this other guy sitting in the waiting room. Every time there's like a a ding that goes on, and it's like an office visit or something. Mm. And every time the ding goes on, the guy next to her stands up and then sits down. <laughs> and she looks at him like, what is he doing? But then this ding goes on like every couple minutes, and he stands up, sits down, and then before you know it, she starts doing it. Mm-hmm. And there's like two people, like I think there's two or three people that are in the room doing the same thing. Like mm-hmm. they get in, they start doing, and she doesn't even ask why are you doing this? She yeah. just starts doing it. Mm-hmm. And then all those three people leave and then new customers come into this waiting room who are also part of the experiment <laughs> and she still does it even yeah. when no one else is in the room because you've just kind of, oh, this is what I need to do while I'm sitting here without even asking. Mm-hmm. And then those other people all start doing it too. Like eventually one by one they all start doing it. And I'm like, what is going on with the human psyche? It's actually amazing to me.
0: Yeah, um, well we're herd animals. We're individuals as I've said many times, but we are also hyper social animals and in most cases going with the majority is is safe and kind of works right Mm -hmm. because of the way we're hardwired i mean if you imagine i don't know say you were walking down a street and all of a sudden you see like dozens or hundreds of people running in the opposite direction to you yeah looking scared you should probably run with them,
1: just in case. <laughs> just in
0: case, right? Like yes. there, something is ahead, Something's ahead, coming in your direction. Yes. That all these people are running for.
1: Right. There's a small right? chance it's a social experiment, but probably not. It, exactly
0: <laughs> right. So there, there are situations where it makes sense, or you're walking, and all of a sudden everybody ducks. Yeah. Right. Right. May, there's a loud noise. Everybody. Maybe you should duck too. It makes sense. Right. There's. So it, it makes sense. So we are programmed to take. Social cues like you can see it in, yeah. in babies and children right people yes. mirror and that's how we are. However It doesn't mean that the majority is as I said there is, is always is always right or always makes sense well, so if you it have makes sense. That's to, the question you have to yeah. be like
1: does this make sense? Why what's the yeah, why? Exactly. I always want to know the why
0: exactly and
1: you're right about you bring up children There's two things I want to bring up one mm. about the children I love the tweet that you did which I usually reposted repost on my Instagram stories <laughs> about Uh, The more, the older I get, the more I realize that the the best form of activism we can do is raise decent children. Mm. And it's so true, especially when you talk about children mirroring us as adults, because we, we really are, they really are like mirrors for us and they teach us so much how Mm -hmm. to be so that we can help teach them. But anyways, the other thing you brought up, you you said something about roads and it made me think about government and how maybe people who are thinking, well, you have to trust the government on some level. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that, that we think there should be no government, Mm -hmm. like well let, let's give them as little power as they can to do the things that we need for basic functioning in society like mm-hmm. roads and um you know basic aspects like that i think i think there's a lot of there's a lot that can be discussed that maybe mm-hmm. people don't consider and even i growing up in high school i wasn't really taught about this or maybe i just wasn't listening in class <laughs> because i didn't care at the time but now i care and just learning the importance of like what really is the role of the government and is the power and that's the difference between america than like pretty much every other country and that It's our, what you were talking about earlier. Negative rights. Yes, yes. Explain a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, sure. So I was saying that the USA is the first country ever founded where, on a concept of negative rights, so that you have inalienable, God-given rights that you are born with, and the government's job is to not infringe upon them. The government doesn't give you your rights. You have rights inherent to you as an American, and the government is supposed to protect them. Whereas in most of the world and most times throughout history, all times throughout history, the notion really was that the government gives you your rights. And if the government can give you your rights, then the government can take your rights. Uh, you are more of a, a subject than a sovereign individual. Whereas in the U.S., at least traditionally, and, you know, millions of Americans still embrace this, the notion is that, no, these are those are your rights, that's inherent to you, and the government is supposed to, you know, protect your life and liberty um to whatever extent possible and not infringe upon that so it, it's a very different mindset culture and mentality that stems from that and yeah that's that's one of the fundamental differences between the usa and even other countries in the anglosphere like the the uk or australia that a lot of people don't understand if you if you want to understand something that um makes this really clear i think the most obvious one to look at is something like the Second Amendment. And, mm. why, and understanding why so many Europeans or Australians or New Zealanders or perhaps even Canadians don't understand a concept like the Second Amendment is because they fail to see that that's considered a, you know, the right to bear arms is it's not the government telling you, you're, hey, you're allowed to own guns. It's like, yeah, you're allowed to own guns and the government isn't supposed to infringe upon that. Obviously, strong two-way advocates would argue that that's been massively infringed upon already, but it's, it's just a whole different way of structuring up the people-government relationship
1: yeah and I mean the gun thing could be an whole entire episode in and of yeah. itself right like I actually used to be very anti gun rights mm-hmm. I would just listen to you know the perspective about like school shootings and yeah like doesn't really you see other countries like in yep. Britain like the police don't even have guns so mm-hmm. that would prevent shootings and and I understand why people feel the way that they do but sure. then when I started to learn and realize about like our history and the importance of having guns to be able to protect yourselves from a potential government that is trying to take over too much power mm-hmm. I see like kind of a um, it, there's, again, a nuance in both sides, which I understand yeah. for sure. Uh, but there was something else I was gonna bring up, I can't remember right now. But I'll read, I'll, I'll read the, um, some of your tweets from this, this 20 thread viral tweets. <laughs> so you said, propaganda is just as effective in the modern day as it was 100 years ago. Mm. Access to limitless information has not made the average person any wiser. Which you did, you, did, you spoke on that already. Did, yeah. And then, when suffering or when sufficiently frightened, most people will will not only accept authoritarianism but demand it.
0: Mm-hmm. Talked about that one.
1: And then, one at the end, I really liked your twenty one, the bonus one. Most people are fairly compassionate and have good intentions. This is good. As a result, most people deeply struggle to understand that some people, including our leaders, can have malicious or perverse intentions. Mm. This is bad.
0: Yep, that's a big one. I think that's, uh, and that's what leads to the constant. Disbelief and unwillingness to accept the notion that this may not all be about health and safety and yeah. security. That's why people really struggle with that one. Because, as you said, most people are decent. Yeah, and we tend to project our values and ways of thinking and principles, et cetera. We tend to project that onto other people, and it's really hard to understand. Like, okay, let, let let's take an example. So, it's virtually impossible. For any reasonable and decent person to even fathom how someone could be like a serial killer or a school shooter. Yeah, true. Right? Like you can't even, because you are, you're, it doesn't logically make any sense because you're projecting your goodness mm-hmm. onto everybody else. Like you're not accepting that. Evil is a real thing and that there are people who are evil and or psychopathic, right? So, like, you, you can't even, you can't understand it. You you can't really just get get in that person's brain and be like, oh, okay, you know, I, I get where they were coming from. Or if you do, you yourself feel like you're becoming a psychopath, right? Like, you almost don't want to be able totally. to fathom it. And people in power, as we already said, are not, there are people who are like that, who have Been in power in the past and in the present, right? So you can't. So so it it creates this. I don't know. Maybe it's a type of cognitive dissonance where people absolutely do not want to believe that someone could have that such malicious intentions. That oh my gosh, like they actually want people to die or they actually want people to suffer or whatever. Because you don't want that. Totally. I don't want that. Yeah. Nobody I know wants that. So, but I recognize that exists
1: yeah re- recognizing that, that it's not a big it doesn't have to be a big chunk of people no. it's just a very small group of people
0: yeah and it, it this is not me saying that you know everyone I, I know tons of I know plenty of politicians I know people in in government I know all kinds of people in the healthcare industry in science I know I know lots of people um so this isn't me saying oh all these people are corrupt or they're all bad or anything very 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 far from it most people are doing their best and most people are trying to do good but that doesn't mean that though everybody higher up in the chain shares those sentiments or doesn't have that agenda and also just due to human psychology you know people are people are afraid so there are people in there's tons of people in the world of science and healthcare and all these different things who are afraid to speak up about a lot of things that have been happening in the past 18 months. They're afraid to, they've been threatened to have their medical licenses revoked. They're afraid of losing this. They're afraid of losing that. They're afraid for their families. They're afraid for their job. They're afraid. So when that happens, people will stay silent when they actually should be speaking up ethically or when they should be voicing certain concerns or they should be whistleblowing on certain things that are going on. I think that once that starts to happen, by the way, I think, um, Man, I think some heads are going to roll from all of this. Like, yeah. I think that there's... I don't know how long it's going to be, but I think down the line when more things come to light...
1: Which might not be for a while. It, it might not, get worse it, before it, it might gets better.
0: Not, yes, it might get worse before it gets better, but I think that when certain dominoes start to fall, there's going to be some people who need to be... If there's any justice in the world, there's going to be some people who really need to be held accountable for a lot of the damage and chaos that they have caused especially in situations where it's been intentional and there's been a lot of intentional
1: yeah, else. and that's actually one of the beauties of America. I remember what I was going to say now when you were talking about America and negative rights is that America also has their individual states. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like what your elected officials are doing and mandating or not mandating, mm-hmm. you can go to a different state, which is yep. really, really cool and something that growing up I didn't pay attention to or think yeah, about yeah. <laughs> at all. And now it's like, wow, the, they really thought this through when they, were, when they were working this
0: out. The founding fathers of America, um, you know, for, for the flaws of men of their time, they're ideas that they put down on paper were, were fantastic.
1: It's amazing how now that's really the narrative that we're not seeing, especially amongst young people is that like, that's not the case that, Mm. you know, which is really interesting to me. It could be like an entire, (laughs) a whole nother discussion, but I do want to segue a little bit into a slightly different topic because the way that I found you was through a Candace Owens episode. Mm. And then after that I was recommended by my friend Mariana, who we are mutual friends with, um, a video that a different interview did called The Problem of Black Lives Matter. And one of these quotes that I wanted to read that you had said in a, in a different interview, I've watched all your interviews, I think. Thank you, <laughs> I'm honored. <laughs> for a lot of them, um, is that you said, I think one of the worst things you can do, especially if you're a young person, is to convince them that they're some kind of victim and that the world is against them and that they're oppressed, especially if that's not actually true. Because whatever lens you view the world through is going to be your reality. And that last mm-hmm. sentence rings true for what we've just been talking about. But the beginning part is a, like a different topic per se. But do um, you want to get into that a little bit? Because I think, I think it's fascinating.
0: Yeah, sure. This is me simply me saying that instilling a victimhood mindset into anybody, let alone a child, during their formative years is, hmm, I was about to say evil, but I don't think that's always the intention, but it's bad and severely limiting mm-hmm. to them and their future. Um, I think as human beings, it's important to... It's why I talk about personal responsibility, victim mentality, mindset, and all of that a lot because your mindset does determine your reality and your outcome. It really does. And there's lots of different ways you can view the world. And throughout this conversation, we've even flip-flopped and changed between various views, right? You can view the world with a very pessimistic lens. You can view it with a very optimistic lens. Mm -hmm. You can view it through the lens that human beings are evil, and horrible and cruel to each other, and life is full of suffering, and we're all gonna die, and we're all gonna get sick, and there's disease, and there's pestilence, and there's violence, and all of that's true. Mm. <laughs> right? But it's also true that we're living in the most prosperous time ever, in one of the most, some of the most prosperous countries ever, and we have so many opportunities, and there's love, and there's friendships, and there's relationships, and there's children, and there's so many ways we can help each other and uplift each other all of that is also true right and depending on how you adopt the mind frame that totally changes it changes your results over time so if you go into the world assuming that the world is set up against you right that everyone people are out to get you maybe that's based on your race or your gender or your sexuality or your religion and you know people are out to get you and the system the structures are all set up to oppose you and to stop you from succeeding. And all X people are Y and all Y people are B and this and that. If you walk around every single day wrapped up in that mentality, it's going to play out for you,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: right? You'll be hypersensitive to absolutely everything. And you'll think that people are being aggressive towards you when they're not even, Mm -hmm. you're going to be offended by everything. You're going to limit your own, uh you're not even going to work as hard as you could because you know if you believe that the game is rigged then you don't want to play you don't want to play so it's yeah. actually important to believe that the game is not rigged otherwise you drop out before before yeah. you, before you even play so that's why i oppose this sort of victim mentality so much because it it encourages people to have what i call an external locus of control which is that things are just happening to you. You know, There's systems and there's structures and there's things in place that are just acting on you and in this case, holding you down or oppressing you. Whereas if you invert that and you have an internal locus of control, you act upon the world. Mm-hmm. So the things I want to happen in my life, I make them happen,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? I don't, I'm not just sitting there blowing around in the wind and the world, life is just happening to me. It's like, no, yeah. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna create this, I'm gonna build that, I'm gonna connect with that person and you are then really powerful and very sovereign. You're not just allowing yourself to get blown with the wind and let people bully you around. It's like, no, like, this is how it goes. And then you, t- you take the responsibility. It's like, you know what? If, if something goes wrong, that's on me, right? I make a mistake, that's on me, I'm owning that. Also, I have a success, that's on me. I'm responsible yeah, for that. there's risk. Right? Absolutely. Um, and so that's really a sort of expansion of, of, of that point there.
1: What about like equity versus equality?
0: <sighs> how are we defining them?
1: I guess the term these days about equity is like that everyone ends up with the same outcome.
0: Okay. Terrible idea.
1: Yeah. So
0: Terrible idea. Um, Antithetical to freedom because humans have different capacities and make different choices. If you have a free society, equity is absolutely impossible and undesirable because you can't have it given the diversity of humanity. And you can't have it's antithetical to free choice. Um, Also, it's unachievable unless you grind everyone down to the bottom. Right, as has happened when they've tried communism in the past. Right, The only way we're all equal is if we're all dead. That's the only way. Um, Because human beings have different capacities. Some people work harder than others. Some people are better than others at certain things. Across every level, no two human beings in this world are the same. So the notion that they should have the same outcome is nonsensical. So equality of opportunity, as much as it's possible, um, all for that. It's also a little bit of a myth that true equality of opportunity is even possible yeah um because again we all have different starting points and so many things that, that we do not control but i think you don't choose what cards you're dealt but you choose how you play them mm-hmm. especially when you're an adult right like, through childhood there's going to be some things that are just out of your control what but about when people say
1: adult? like well we got to make it try to help the starting point be more s- more similar for people so that it's not such a drastic difference
0: well do you want it to be similar or do you just want it to be decent enough for everybody yeah those are two different things true right because you never want to be pulling people down you I'm I'm all for lifting people up I'm very against pulling people down Mm -hmm. if it's like oh those people have too much we need to pull them down I think that's in that's a perverse mentality yeah if it's like oh those people don't have enough let's lift them up I'm all for that yeah and you can lift up one group without denigrating another group and this is something that a lot of movements and activists need to realize Mm -hmm. right so if you are trying to uplift women you don't need to do it you don't need to tear down men Mm -hmm. to do that absolutely if you're trying to uplift black people you don't need to tear down white people or asian people or any other group if you are trying to uplift um someone who people who are homosexual you don't need to tear down you know, the straight people, right? You don't. Yeah. So I think a lot of people in this world have this zero sum mentality where it's like, Oh, every time somebody wins or is getting something, they're inherently taking away from another person. If that guy has a billion dollars or $10 million, he somehow took it from somebody else. Like that, that's all nonsense. Like that person having a billion doesn't stop you from having a billion. Mm -hmm. right yeah like that's not how it works it's not zero sum there are a few things in the world that are zero sum you know if you're playing a a football game like only one team can win you can't both win yeah but generally across all the different games we have in life you can excel and win in different things and what's great about life is you don't need to win in everything right you could just win one you get to be really good at one thing Mm -hmm. and be incredibly successful like you might suck at like almost everything but you're just really good at that one thing and actually the world is set up in a way in a free country where that's enough yeah and that's and people love that that's awesome because you can get in where you fit in oh that guy's amazing at basketball cool oh this guy's so good at math oh this person's a fantastic doctor this person oh this guy can build things this person's really strong or fast Mm -hmm. or whatever cool you can get in where you fit in and you can try a lot of different things and you can see what you're good at and then you can build your career and your life around the thing that you're good at, which hopefully you're also interested in um, and find fun to some degree. And that's how everybody wins, right? right. It doesn't mean you all end up with the same salary yeah.
3: or you end up with yeah. the same
0: wealth or you end up you know looking the same or whatever. yeah, but all 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 that's available, and I think that's I think that's beautiful. I think that's actual diversity i think that's actual yes uh inclusion and all of the, all, all these words that people like to use i think people need to actually think about what they mean and not just parrot lines and say words that make them sound good or feel good in their social standing but to actually really think of what it means same with the word tolerance right people like to talk about tolerance but sometimes the people who talk most about tolerance are the least tolerant people out there
2: mm-hmm.
0: and i'm like no like you have to practice actual tolerance that doesn't just mean Coming back to what we were saying at the beginning, being friends with or associating with or following even, you know, people who just agree with you as much as possible. But understanding, look, there is a diversity of thought out there. There are different ways of thinking, different perspectives. People have different belief systems and you don't need to accept or support all of them. You don't need to advocate, be an advocate for everything. But tolerant just means, okay, I can coexist with that. Mm -hmm. That's really what it means
1: that was really well said. And I think a lot of people who might um, be in line with the equity thinking are, it kind of goes hand in hand with with what they think about like capitalism Mm -hmm. and they might think like capitalism is like the root of all evil because they're maybe more thinking about like crony capitalism and Mm -hmm. maybe a lot of people don't know the difference. I actually didn't know the difference until a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. like really understanding that there's like a corrupt Um, segment and section within capitalism versus like true free market capitalism. Mm -hmm. And I came across this video just trying to explain what socialism or what people think as equity would do in like a classroom Mm. where they said like, hey look, all the people in the class, we're gonna start doing socialism with your grades. So whatever the average is out of all your grades, we're just gonna make that for everybody. Everybody's gonna get that same grade. So a lot of people were on board with that first, like cool, let's try it out. And then, and then they get back their grades and it's like, oh, the A students who studied for, you know, multiple hours, multiple days, they end up getting a B minus average because that was the average. So then next time there's a test, they're like, I'm not going to study as hard if mm-hmm. I'm just going to get a B minus. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, the average grade is down to a C, down to a D. And it just keeps going lower and lower because the people are like, well, I studied so hard and I didn't get that that what I deserved from that studying. Mm. And that, that was really eye-opening for me.
0: Yeah, it's a race to the bottom. Yeah. Um, competition is competition is good in in most things. When I say competition it doesn't mean people have to be physically fighting or at, at each other's throats all the time, but competition leads to better results and people should be rewarded for hard work and competence. Right? Yeah. Somebody who works hard and is competent and is good at what they do and offers something of value should be compensated more than someone who just wants to sit on their butt and play video games all day, for example. Yeah. Right? There's nothing controversial there. That's just that's just how it is. You put in the work and you will be rewarded to some extent. Some things are... Some skills and abilities are valued more by society and by the economy than other things. And that's just how it is, right? You know, someone might think that it's ridiculous that, oh man, a football player shouldn't earn you know, a thousand times more than a nurse does, right? Somebody may believe that. Or maybe not a thousand times, I don't know, a hundred times, whatever it might be. Um, but the, the, a better question is why do you, why does society value football so much? Yeah. Right? A better question than why is that football player being paid $10 million and that firefighter is being paid, I don't know, 60000 That A better question is why are we so into football why yeah. are so many millions so into football that it's a multi-billion dollar into, like that's a more interesting question because if you yeah. understand that then it's like well the guys being you you can't pay somebody more than they're worth for totally. any long period that's of time that's
1: the beauty of free market capitalism yeah,
0: yeah you can't pay Supply someone demand. more than, exactly yeah so and then it's also funny because people who tend to pocket watch like this as well i call it pocket watching uh like caring how much other people are earning yeah they themselves often will then be be like oh you know money isn't everything money doesn't matter whatever and I'm like okay then stop pocket watching like why do you care how much another man has if you don't think money is all that important like if you think money is the most important I don't I don't think money is the most important thing in the world far from it yeah right I think it's important I don't think it's the most important thing in the world and I base my action on that I know people I personally know people who earn literally more than 100 times more than me mm-hmm. like personally I know them yeah. and I don't care yeah it to uh, me, like, it's a source of inspiration. What? Yeah, it's inspiration. As, a,
1: as opposed to like yeah. a, you know, because the comparison thing is a thief of joy. Yeah, instead absolutely. of just like looking at it, I'd be like, wow, I want to look at someone instead of being jealous, be like, what do they have? What did they do to get to where they are today? Yeah. You know, and if it's someone you admire mm-hmm. and you really like what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about so many good things. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we could go on and on and on and we have the week to hang out. We've been talking yeah. a lot. I'm so glad we had this conversation. Thank you for everything that you shared. I, I think we should just end it here. It's, nice one Ellen.
0: I, really, well. I really appreciate it thank you and i hope the listeners have uh can take something positive from this as well
1: yeah definitely check out zuby and you know definitely listen to his own podcast i'll be talking about that in the intro so cool